what up, what up, what up? Stoked to be with y'all today here. Happy Sunday here in Morgantown, West Virginia. Uh, not a whole lot of updates over the weekend in terms of breaking basketball, football stories. I uh, wanted to take the weekend here, special episode opportunity to talk fantasy football. So it's about that time of year. Maybe you had your draft already. Most drafts will be in the next couple of weeks here leading up to opening kickoff. Exciting times for a lot of people. I mean, whether you do it for fun with your family and friends or whether you play for the big bucks, you know, it's important to do your research and start off the season on the right track. So wanted to give people an insight on what I think uh, position-based outlook, including, you know, even kickers and defense because that can win or lose leagues, honestly. So wanted to take some time today and sort of build forth our fantasy fortress here moving forward. Who are our top, top picks for each position? Uh, who I like in sleeper positions uh, for each position that may not be one of the top tier guys, and move on from there. So let's get started. A couple of breaking news topics actually come to my attention here over the last few minutes that I want to start the show off with today. We'll end up with the fantasy stuff later, but I wanted to talk about a couple of things. First, most importantly, Bill Russell. I mean, terrible news, terrible, terrible news. Um, lived a long life, but still, uh, when we have someone that influential, that impactful to not only the sport, but more importantly, society, it's a big loss. It really is. And, and it really makes me upset. It really saddens, you know, brings the mood real down when you lose a guy like this. I mean, spill freaking Russell. 11-time NBA champion, 5-time MVP, but more importantly than any of his accolades, I think Bill Russell really stood for, you know, what it means to be an American, what it means to stand up for civil rights and equal rights, and he was really on the forefront of all that stuff, at least for athletes. You know, it wasn't that common in his time to stand up for things like that. And I commend him for dedicating not only during his career but the rest of his life to those essential human rights race issues. He had a seriously commendable career on the athletic side, but not only to put up all those stats, MVPs, championships, he was even more influential in the civil rights. And you just can't replace a guy like that. You really can't. And he really laid the foundation for what it means to have a platform as an athlete, to not shut up and dribble, as people like to say to LeBron and players of this era right now. He really broke, you know, broke barriers and laid down the foundation to speak out, you know, for what's right. And he was right. You know, we've come a long way in this country, but unfortunately, we still have a really long way to go. And I think when guys, you know, like Bill Russell and other important leaders that advocate for the equal rights of every human, you know, they should be celebrated. I expect his, you know, his passing to be mourned by the masses and ultimately his life celebrated by many. He was just an incredible influence not only in the sport but also in the world and I'm really upset. I really am. It was terrible news on a Sunday. Um like I said he lived a long life. I think he was 88 and you know, it still doesn't make it hurt any less and you know, it has me reflecting back on you know, how far we've come as a country, and again, we still have a long way to go, but, you know, he played an important and essential role of propelling our country forward, and for that, I'm forever grateful. And like I talked about, he really set the platform, along with some other guys, to basically give athletes in all sports today a way to speak up, you know, saying, hey, it's okay to use your platform, or hey, it's okay after you retire to dedicate your life to these important and essential causes. And I think guys look at his life and what he stood for as an important example to not lose sight of the most important issues, and that's equal human rights. So I commend his efforts throughout his NBA career and afterwards, and we need more Bill Russells. We really do. We need more Bill Russells. So he's going to be missed dearly. Uh, I'd like to see, you know, in the next couple of days – some old stories about Bill Russell surface. Gonna have to go go back and watch some highlights and really just remember not only what he brought to the game, but what he brought to society and what he fought for. And he will be dearly missed. 
Wanted to transition to some other breaking news. I saw Debo Samuel finally got a deal, pretty similar to DK's, a three-year extension. I think 58 mil guaranteed, somewhere in that neighborhood, as well as like a total contract for three years of 74 mil. Pretty similar to DK's. I applaud the Niners for getting this done. I really do. Obviously, you have injury concerns and durability concerns as you use him as a kind of flex running back receiver type role, more so than other receivers in today's game. And there was arguments about how, how you should pay him, right? Do you pay him like a receiver or do you pay him like a running back? And I think there was some concern, especially from Debo's camp, that the Niners were kind of using that as a crutch to pay him as a running back for what he did for them, but more so for his injury and durability concerns. And I applaud the Niners for doing the right thing here and locking him down, even on a short extension. In a similar situation to DK, he can play out these prime years. Obviously, he's several more left, even past this extension, but he can kind of play, boost his stats with a great team, and get a mega deal after the three years. So I think Debo did the right thing. I think the Niners did the right thing in order to lock down help for Trey Lance. I mean, in my opinion, Debo is one of the most dynamic weapons in the league when you're talking running backs, tight ends, receivers. I mean, he lit the world on fire last year. So just one of those players that when you're watching, he just crushes the eye test. May not be the fastest, may not be the strongest, but you just watch him play. <laughs> Dude, he's unreal. He's like the guy in backyard football who just refuses to go down. Just ref just will not be tackled. And he runs hard every play. <laughs> like he, he just gives it his all every play. And you gotta reward guys like that in the NFL. And you know, the concern is with running backs, you know, having sh honestly, it seems like shorter careers, or at least shorter primes now. You look at Gurley, Zeke, guys like that, and even C Mac, Dalvin, just people being plagued by serious injuries due to contact and other, you know, wear and tear on the knee ligaments. So I applaud the Niners for getting this done and not being cheap about it. I really do. I think having him in place is going to help Trey Lance tremendously. And again, it goes back to how we always talk about you need weapons around a quarterback to evaluate him fully. And you already invested so much in this quarterback with the three first-round picks and shipping your you know Super Bowl-appearing, NFC Championship-appearing and winning quarterback in Jimmy G. So I applaud the Niners for doing so. No excuse for Trey Lance. None. He's got an amazing top three tight end. Debo's one of the top weapons in football. The Niners always run the football well when they're healthy. They have a great defense, multiple pro bowlers on both sides of the ball. He has zero excuse to not play well. Not saying he's got to be Rodgers. Not saying he's got to be Mahomes and Allen. But he has no excuse to not play well. So I think all this does heading into the season is sort of solidifies the Niners' position as maybe not the front runner, but definitely a contender. Because um, you know when they're in the playoffs, they're here to win. They're one of those teams from the top down that's just ready to win at all times. So a team I definitely would not want to play in the playoff scenario, especially from the Eagles' perspective. Hard-nosed football team, well-coached, dynamic on both sides of the ball, very scary roster. So, again, applaud the Niners for getting this done. This was a long time coming. I'm surprised it took this long. But now Debo can finally stop the sit-in, get back to work, and help his new rookie quarterback, or, you know, essentially rookie quarterback uh, in Trey Lance. So really no excuses for his development here. So hopefully he can pull it together, stay healthy, and put up some big numbers for the Niners this year. Some other big news, uh, Deshaun Watson. You, you guys know I, this is not my favorite topic in the world. Absurd, obscene quarterback contract along with some alleged obscene acts. Honestly, the legal side, again, there's some settlements. Uh, I know NFL side of things kind of settled uh, for their involvement, you know, in his in his sort of, you know, situation. But from the legal perspective, it kind of looks like he's getting all scot-free, which is upsetting because you see that many women having a claim there's got to be something there. There just has to be something there. Nobody needs that many massage therapists. That's just disgusting. It's it's fetid. It, it's, it just doesn't make any sense. None. And it's frustrating to see guys like that get rewarded, in my opinion. 
um, with you know mega contracts, mega deals, all of society pulling for them, and then you have these women, and you know nobody seems to be hearing them out in a way or supporting them. So, you know, I I, I say all this because his hearing with the NFL, so not the legal side, but from you know his NFL side, the hearing is tomorrow. So they're going to release a ruling on his suspension tomorrow. This will impact the league incredibly. You have a tough division in the AFC North. Could change everything with his health. If he's able to step back in and be a competitor, they have a good roster, good, great backs, a good defense, some pro bowlers. They're a good team with a great, with a great quarterback. But... I don't see him just getting all scot-free from the NFL side of things. Like we talked about in the past, NFL has messed up a million times on this issue. A million. And again, we always bring up Ray Rice as the most brutal, you know, uh, most common example. Uh, the two-game suspension for his atrocious acts that were caught on video in that elevator. But even though there's no evidence, you know, there's just too much, you know, too much proof in the pudding here for me. Just too many people saying the same thing. And even though if there's not legal proof, the NFL doesn't need any. They really don't. They can suspend him. And obviously the Players Association has a big role in this, even for guys like Deshaun Watson. But I don't know. I really don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I, I can't wait to see it, honestly. Um, I'm going to be checking my phone during work, uh, trying to see what happens. But I think they come down hard. I really do. I would be shocked, shocked if the NFL goes light on this. They've got a history of going light on things and getting a ton of pushback, a ton. So they've been doing better in the most, you know, the last couple of years, but still a long way to go. And I think the precedent needs to be set that when you do stuff like this, you can't just be, you know, slap on the wrist. You can't. You represent the team, the league, all these kids look up to you. America looks up to you. You're getting paid a ton of money. You need to be better. You need to be better. So I'd be surprised if it's anything less than eight games. If it were me, I'd say a full year. Honestly, I'd say a full year. I, th I think anything less than eight games is an absolute joke in this scenario. But I won't be surprised. I won't because the NFL has a track record of this. They know he's good for league news, for money. I don't know. They know it's good for the league. So I, I don't know what they're going to do on this. Uh, again, a lot of pressure on the NFL here to get the t this decision right. I think if they come down hard, you know, maybe they won't be applauded, but at least po people won't be scolding them for doing, you know, the wrong thing. So I really hope the NFL gets this one right. Again, I'm always for players. I'm always for success and getting money. But with guys doing this stuff, I mean, you can't reward you can't reward that. It's despicable human behavior. You you cannot reward that. So it seems like the Cleveland Browns were the only team willing to reward that <laughs> with a bogus contract. Absolutely bogus. And uh, I don't know. We'll have our answer Monday, and we'll talk about it on next week's pod. So should make for a fun segment. I'll try to contain my rage. I have a bad feeling about the ruling. <laughs> I, re I really do. But, you know, the Browns, even if he's healthy, say he gets no game suspended or a couple, four games, something like that, he comes back totally healthy, totally ready to go. He can't just step back in week one and be amazing. He can't. Maybe he'll be able to scramble still and make some throws here and there, but he's been out of the game for like two plus years with injuries and all this drama. He's had an ACL tear in college, an ACL tear in the pros. And you gave him an unprecedented contract for a quarterback with these disturbing legal allegations from so many people. With all that going on, I don't know a franchise on God's green earth that would do that. Oh, wait. <laughs> the Cleveland freaking Browns. This is what happens when you don't have a quarterback for the better part of 25 years. When you have more quarterbacks than years past this decade... That started games for you. <laughs> when you have fans making homemade jerseys with tape names on them that are 25 quarterbacks long and they're all hot garbage, 
that's <laughs> that's what sets the tone for a decision, a desperate decision to be made like this. The Browns know their roster is ready to compete in the playoffs, and they just need a superstar quarterback to elevate them to the next, the Mahomes, the Bills, you know, those teams' levels. And I think out of desperation, they made this move. So right now, I mean, this is not – this is not a good situation. I am really glad that I am not the Browns or Deshaun Watson or the NFL who has to decide um, for that matter. But I don't know. I really just feel bad for anyone involved with his, you know, alleged shenanigans. And I really feel bad for those people that are afflicted by someone who would do something like that. But hopefully the truth comes to light and we can make a fair evaluation of him and his character and his ability moving forward. But again, I hope the NFL comes down hard and sets a precedent. Um, it's funny. <laughs> I mean, Calvin Ridley gambles a couple thousand bucks, and there's not even a discussion. There's not even a trial. He's <laughs> like, he's locked. He's locked out for a year. No question. None. For betting a couple thousand dollars. He didn't hurt anybody. He didn't assault anybody. You know, it is, you know, illegal and frowned upon to gamble, especially on games that you're in. But a year? A full year. It seemed like he got no trial. It was like a year. Boom, done. We have no tolerance. Boom. Swift hand. Quick action. Done. Boom. Why can't it be like that for these issues? These serious issues, you ask. Why? <laughs> it's like one of my English teachers in high school always told me, 99% of the time, a decision is made for money. Money's the root of these decisions. The NFL going, oh, we're making so much money on gambling right now. Uh, people are loving it. It's only going to help increase the popularity and revenue of the league. And then, boom, the one thing we can't have with all that is players betting on these games. You can't have it. It ruins the integrity of the game. It's, it's like the one thing for bettors and fans to think like, oh, he's throwing games because he's betting on the other team, or oh, he's betting on himself, whatever, you know, betting on anything. You just can't have it. And I understand why they came down so hard on him, I guess. I just wish that they would use that same decision-making and same swift action against people that, you know, allegedly do terrible things, like Deshaun Watson, like Ray Rice, like all these guys. And again, this is a very small minority of the NFL and of pro players. The majority of pro athletes are outstanding citizens. They give so much time, money, and energy back to their, you know, their communities, the families, the friends, and their organizations. I'm not up here painting the picture that the whole league is bad, full of bad guys. It is a very select few, probably less than the percentage in society in terms of people that would do this kind of thing. But nonetheless you got to come down hard on Deshaun Watson. You have to. You've waited till the legal stuff kind of at least played itself out a little bit. You've stalled so long. I just feel like you can't come out with like a four-game, six-game suspension. I feel like that's nothing. I, I Again, I predict eight games uh, will be the ruling. But honestly, it should be the year at least. So um, that's my take on it. Again, we'll see if the NFL does the right thing. But since it's not directly tied to gambling or money, <laughs> I doubt it's really going to affect them all that much other than just social pushback from a light suspension. But nonetheless, I hope they do the right thing. And I'll be anxiously awaiting the decision. Hopefully tomorrow morning uh, that'll come out. Um, I'm sure Bleacher Report or you know one of the NFL guys will report that as soon as we, as soon as we know. So looking forward to hearing how that plays out and how that affects the league and the Browns. And that division, more importantly. So I wanted to move on to some fantasy football. We're going to start off with the kickers. Um, I've looked at a bunch of different rankings and websites. And, I mean, you guys can probably guess at each position who the top sort of guys are, especially if you play fantasy football year in, year out. Whether you play, you know, PPR or, you know, regular drafting or snake drafting or, you know, salary cap leagues. It's pretty much one and the same, right? Um, so starting out with kickers, obviously the top tier guys on most sites I've been seeing, Justin Tucker, that's, I mean, he's a lock kicker. He's probably going to go down as the best all time. We've had some good kickers, but he's definitely in the conversation. Um, 
Bills kicker, Tyler Bass. Obviously, they score a ton of points. That's a great pick. Uh, Matt Gay for the Rams and um, Evan McPherson for the Bengals. Same ideology. Those are really the top four guys. And kind of Butker sneaking in the Chiefs kicker in the fifth spot as the top five. Um, so any of those guys you can get your hands on. Obviously, great picks. But you know we're here. We're here to give some insight. We're here to give some you know lower ranked kickers, and you know get you some fantasy surprises because that's how you get value in your drafts. You get these boom guys who are available late in rounds, especially for kickers. I mean, by the end, you know everybody picks a kicker towards the end. So um, this isn't you know as big a deal for kickers. But nonetheless, uh, a couple of kickers that I think are worth a late round flyer here. Um, I would avoid. I have there's a, a tier two kind of guys that they have ranked it's like um, suck up for the Bucks. Obviously, can't hate the Bucks. Um, Matt Prater for the Cardinals, which a good kicker, but I hate that pick, man. <laughs> uh, with these Cardinals news, I just think they're going to take a step back, so I would fade that pick. But um, a pick that's kind of in the middle of the pack in like the 13 through 15 spot, I really like the McManus pick out of Denver. I really do. I think he's a good kicker. Now that they have quarterback, their offense is going to be moving the ball tenfold compared to last year. They're going to be in scoring position a ton more. Um, I really think that's a good pick. I think Brandon McManus is a great pick, and he will be there uh, in the later rounds. Another pick, uh, you know, I've used this guy in the past, Will Lutz for the Saints. Great kicker as well. Um, with Jameis back again and Michael Thomas, they should be moving the ball a lot more than last year. I suspect him to have a bounce-back season. Um, some other guys I like, uh, Jake Elliott for the Eagles. Again, great kicker, has been consistent for the Eagles for years now. Um, I see him having a good season uh, as you know the Eagles kind of take the next step, hopefully, uh, forward. And uh, you know, obviously, there's a lot of kickers to kind of fade. <laughs> Dallas always messing up their kicker situation. I'm lucky about that, fortunate about that. Avoid Dallas kickers at all costs. And obviously, some of the lower scoring teams, you don't know how the Browns are going to do with Cade York or, you know, Washington or Carolina or Detroit, Jacksonville. Obviously, those guys are, you know, kind of, you know, on men out in this. It's not really their fault. <laughs> it's just their offenses aren't in scoring position as much. So, not really their fault. But another guy, interesting guy to keep your eye on, honestly. Um,. Dustin Hopkins for the Chargers. He's middle of the pack, but um, obviously they're going to be in scoring position a lot. But mainly I uh, want to talk about Greg Joseph for the Vikings. Interesting pick. I think he's like the 21st ranked kicker for fantasy, but I don't know. I think the Vikings are going to move the ball. Uh, I think they made some improvements on their defense. And they're going to be a competitive team, especially with the Packers down. So look to them and, and you know Greg Joseph to up his game this year. And should be an interesting situation. But again, avoid those lower scoring teams, obviously. Just just pick teams, kickers on teams that move the ball and are always in scoring position, and you really can't go wrong. I wouldn't be concerned about getting the number one kicker. Just There's like 10, 15 teams that we just highlighted that have kickers that are on teams that always move the ball. So just pick those kickers, and honestly, you'll be fine. Moving on to defense special teams. Obviously, sort of a similar principle here. Defenses tend to be less important in most leagues, tend to get picked towards the end. But if you have a bad defense, it screws. It can screw you for a week. Um, a strategy that I like to use for fantasy um, and has worked in some years I've won the league is if you don't have a surefire defense, like, you know, one of the top traditional defenses, think about just matchup-based defense. So say you don't have a great defense. Say you don't have the Rams or the Broncos or the Bucks or the Niners or the Bills or the Saints. Say you're rolling with um, Dolphins, Packers, Chiefs, Browns, Eagles, something like that. Not one of the traditionally best fantasy defenses, but you love the matchup. Say, I don't know, say the Eagles are playing, you know, the Jaguars, and you think the Eagles' defense could score a touchdown or you think they're going to hold them or get a bunch of sacks and kind of pick your defenses based off your matchups each week if you can't lock down one of the top five defenses um, of the week. I think that's a good strategy and it can help you have some flexibility with bye weeks for players and things like that and open up extra spots as well um, with that method. So 
you know, if you don't get one of these surefire defenses, then I would, you know, kind of look into that as well. Um, but some obvious choices, uh, tier one defenses, the Bucks always have a solid defense, especially with Brady. And that's, that's the other thing you gotta look at with defenses. A lot of times the best defenses are aided or helped by a good offense. So you see the Bills, the Bucks, um, up there as well, um, as the best defenses ranked coming into this season. Honestly, a lot to do with that reason that they have Josh Allen and Tom Brady. Niners have great defensive players. They're always a good defensive team. I can't hate that pick. You go down the list a little bit, Rams, Saints, uh, Broncos, I think are all great picks for defense this year. Again, we'll get better quarterback play. Uh, should help them out on defense as well, with not always being so pinned in field position from a defensive perspective. Um, some interesting stuff up here I see on the rankings. Cowboys 10, Chargers 9, and Patriots 6. So, I don't know. Patriots, you know, they got Bill. They, you know, they've lost some defensive pieces here the last couple of years. Always a solid defense. I just, and, and they run the ball a lot, which helps on offense. Um, I don't see them as a top five defense this year. If you're a Patriots fan, if you're a Bill Belichick believer, I say go for it, but. I would kind of lean off the Patriots D this year, to be honest with you, especially with the Dolphins upgrading the Bills powerhouse, the Jets getting interesting. I would tend to fade that. But to each his own. Um, other defenses, I mean, Chargers, now they're healthy. They got some pieces. They're going to be a great team. I can't hate them being a top 10 defense. I Traditionally, they give up points, but I think they will be an improved defense this year, so I don't hate that pick either. Cowboys at 10. I know they had a much improved defense last year, but let's come on, people. Let's let's get back down to earth. Come on, they got Micah Parsons. He, you know, besides Aaron Donald, maybe the best defensive individual player in the league. I can't refute that. He's awesome. So fun to watch. But all this digs nonsense, because he gets a few picks and he has turnovers are cool and you need them and it's great. But the dude gives up yards. The dude gives up yards. And I, I just see with the Cowboys offense taking a step back this year that the Cowboys defense will suffer. So I would fade the Cowboys pick on here, um, to be totally honest with you. Some interesting picks that are kind of further down the ranks than traditionally. Um, you see the Steelers and the Ravens down there. I would take a flyer on either of those teams. The Steelers defense is excellent. The Ravens defense is solid. And with Lamar back, they should be a better team, better offensive team. That's going to be a good pick. And I think the Steelers will as well if they can just get solid quarterback play. But they always play good defense. And I can't hate that pick. Um, sort of a homer pick here. The Birds, they're ranked 17, which is definitely fair. I mean, they upgraded their defense. Um, in the past, they're not always the best defense. But I found, like, via special teams and also, like, I don't know, just things that get points in fantasy, like sacks, interceptions, scores, stuff like that, they've done a pretty good job. You know, they always tend to get, you know, they tend to give up more points than some of these other big defenses, but from a fantasy perspective, I found them in the past to be, um, you know, pretty good. So, maybe worth a late flyer on the birds. And obviously, you want to try to stay away from some of the lesser teams. Tends to be the guys with worse offense, just the worst franchises in general. Falcons, Texans, Lions, Jags, Seahawks, Jets, Giants, Bears, Washington, that kind of stuff. Um, probably lean away from those uh, as well. But a lot of great defenses on the board. You really can't go wrong, which is honestly why I kind of like the week-to-week -week strategy because if you play in, like, I think most people play in probably a 10 or a 12 league, some people in 8, you could really try that switching defensive strategy each week, especially if you don't have one of these top defenses. I think it's something you should definitely evaluate and look into based off of matchups each week. And it can really steal you some points and honestly save you. I've had a lot of weeks where, you know, I have one defense and maybe a player gets injured or whatnot, or maybe you have two defenses on the roster. Um, but I like to leave that spot open to kind of pick up a second defense or even drop my first defense uh, based off a matchup, and that's often saved me weeks and gotten me wins. Uh, so definitely something to consider um, if you haven't already. Maybe some of y'all do that out there. I know some people that do, and it's worked for them as well. Uh, but defenses, you know, traditionally get 10 points to start and can go down or up from there. Nothing's worse. <laughs> Nothing's worse when it's a close game and your defense is getting the the doors blown off and 
they get you minus five. And it's like, dude, I would have better off without starting anybody. And then you have a defense that gets you 18 for a week, and you're like, dude, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Like, it, it's such a big swing and can really win or lose you weeks, especially when it comes to playoffs. So um, keep an eye on defenses. I know they go late, but, you know, don't sleep. Transitioning to tight ends, um, obviously the top five are pretty undisputable. Uh, Travis Kelsey, one. Andrews, two. Pitts, three. I think they're probably the best three picks. Honestly, I like Kelsey a lot. But with Lamar healthy, Mark Andrews is going to be a stud. And Kyle Pitts should be great, too, even with the questions at quarterback. Um, George Kittle on the Niners always puts up numbers. Same thing with Waller. Just puts up numbers. But both of them concern me from an injury perspective. uh, And Waller a little bit from a target share perspective now with Adams and Renfro. Um, But I think George Kittle will probably have a better year than Waller if both are healthy, just because I think Trey Lance is going to rely on him a lot in the short passing game and the short play-action game. Um, And Kittle, you know what he can do after the catch. So I lean Kittle over Waller. Um, And you go down the list a little bit. Dalton Schultz, great tight end when healthy for Dallas. Um, Dak should lean heavy on him this year without Amari Cooper and some downfield options that they've been, you know, lucky to have in the past. I would... You know, take a flyer on him. You know, he won't be the first tight end off the board. And uh, once you see tight ends go off the board and, you know, hey, your turn's coming up, maybe it's worth getting him. Um, Dallas Goddard coming in later at seven. Another strong pick. He's only going to keep getting better. I think Hurts, again, uh, will use him as a red zone target. But, again, that's all based off Hurts. And also target sharing with A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith and Quez and Miles, and there's a lot of mouths to feed. So I'm a big birds guy. I love Dallas. I love uh, Dallas Goddard. Um, but I would have to go with some other guys in front of him for that reason. Some other guys a little bit further down that I absolutely love on this list from a fantasy perspective, uh, TJ Hawkinson, ranked eighth on the Lions. I love that pick, okay? If you're <laughs> I mean, if you're down there and, and all the top five, six tight ends are gone, pick this guy up, dude. Pick him up. It's Jared Goff's number one security blanket. He is a stud when healthy, um, in fantasy at least. I say definitely pick him up in your league if you can. Um, some other guys, uh, Dawson Knox on the Bills, obviously a solid kind of middle-tier pick, especially when those top guys are gone. Definitely look towards him. Some other guys further down the list that I want to kind of get to, um, with the evolution of Tua, you know, hopefully, <laughs> And some downfield speed with them. I think Jacecki in Miami is a solid pick. Um, definitely worth looking into. Uh, another guy, uh, Robert Tanyan on the Packers. I think with Devonta gone, some younger receivers. He's one of the guys that Aaron trusts. And I think they're going to get him the ball more this year. So I expect him to have a better year as well. Um, and then you get down lower. And it's tough. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's really tough. A lot of these guys have moved teams like... You know, Hooper's in Tennessee now. Hayden Hurst is in Cincy. Like, over the past couple of years, I feel like those guys, um, you know, on their respective teams um, were pretty decent for, for middle-round tight ends. So we'll see how they do on their new teams. Again, same guy, Evan Ingram, same situation in Jacksonville. Um, but we'll see. Interesting stuff. Higby on the Rams, interesting pick. Gerald Everett to the Chargers, also an interesting situation. Um, and C.J. Uzama. The fantasy wonder last year in a couple of weeks has moved to the Jets, so I expect his production to go down as well. But um, really interesting stuff here. Interesting stuff. And who knows? Some interesting stuff. What happens to Cameron Brayton and Kyle Rudolph in Tampa? Does one of those guys emerge? Is it worth taking a late flyer on one of those guys? Um, I don't know if you know they won't match one of the top guys, but if you need a roster spot filled or you know, you're taking a chance on a weapon even for a flex guy, one of those tight ends might be emerging after the first couple of weeks that you can swoop up on the waivers. So interesting stuff here. Again, there's a ton of good tight ends and you know, you're in a 10, 12 person league. You're getting, you know, Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts, Kittle, Waller, Schultz, Goddard, Hawkinson, Knox, you know, Pat Frymuth, uh, Giusecki, Tanyan, like just to name some, that's already like 12. Like, You'll be in good shape, really. Obviously, it helps when you get one of those top four or five guys. Um, and in years past, I've honestly usually been the one in my league to kind of 
start the tight ends maybe a round earlier than you should have. But nowadays they're used so much, and they help the team so much. Um, it's funny. My mom, <laughs> in our fantasy league, my mom, uh, she always wins. <laughs> in the in the family league, she always wins. The for fun league. Um, the last two years she's won, and <laughs> it's just crazy. We were going to do the fantasy draft on vacation last week. And all, you know, my cousins, everybody was like, oh, yeah, it'll be fun. Let's do it. It'll be awesome. And my mom is just totally against this idea. Just adamantly, no, we're not doing it on vacation. I, I need more time to prepare. I need to relax. I This isn't fun. This is work. Like I, I got to prepare. <laughs> we're all just sitting there. It's like, what are you doing in your off time, mom? Are you calling, <laughs> are you calling Veach and Reed about Mahomes and Kelsey? Are you, like, calling player agents and <laughs> seeing who's getting the most target share this year? It's just funny because um, every year she picks, she kind of has a different strategy. She does her research, looks at target shares, and, uh, you know, picks guys that look cool. She's like, <laughs> or look nice. She's like, oh, Lamar Jackson, he looks like a nice man. He looks nice. I'm going to pick him. And I'm like, mom, he's, he's so good. <laughs> like, just like, he's so good, especially in fantasy football. So it's just funny how that, like, kind of always works out for her. Um, going for the three-peat this year, so... Um, I'm sure she'll be in contention as always, but it just reminded me because it feels like she has like the top player. Like last year, I'm pretty sure she had Travis Kelsey, Devontae Adams, like all these huge name players. And like, it's just insane. Um, so I'm sure she'll be back at it this year. But again, tight ends can't really go wrong. Um, but getting to the meat of fantasy football, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. Um, starting with wide receivers. Um, I think there's some pretty clear-cut um, guys at the top. I think Cooper Cup, obviously, is a locked top three pick in your league. Uh, I picked him last year. Um, obviously, drafted pretty like low in terms of you know receivers. Um, but I had a feeling. Stafford coming in, you saw Brady do it the year before. New team, receivers, boomed. They won, and I was like, oh, they're going to be good with Stafford. He's got talent. He just hasn't been on a good team. They're going to be good. Boom. Cooper Cup, amazing. So that's some stuff with receivers you got to look at. What quarterbacks move teams? What teams are healthy? What percentage of target share these guys can get? Obviously, Cooper Cup's going to get his mouth fed all year next year, so no one's going to fault you if you take him first. Next two guys that I would say are the next two picks for me, uh, Jamar Chase uh, and Justin Jefferson. I don't think you can go wrong with any of these LSU boys. Um, I'd probably lean Justin Jefferson, gun to my head if I had to, but I'm not complaining if I got Jamar Chase. You know, I think the Bengals take a little bit of a step back, and I think the Vikings take a little bit of a step forward. Both have multiple weapons on their team, mouths to feed, but these guys are the bell cows. They're it. So um, I'd probably lean Jefferson if you had a choice um, with those guys. Uh, but then kind of going down, I see the fourth-ranked receiver as C.D. Lamb. I don't know, folks. I don't know. I mean, it does support my target share theory. Um, you know, Amari Cooper's gone, and that's probably why he's ranked that high. He's going to get all these targets and whatnot. But that also means he's going to get all this attention from defenses. So I really see the Cowboys trying to get back to their running game and using utilizing Schultz, which is why I like that Schultz pick, um, and some of their other kind of unsung heroes, rather than just force-feed CeeDee Lamb all day. But... You know he's gonna he he'll be in the top ten conversation, but I think four is just a little high for him personally. Um, then you go down, you see Stephon Diggs, Debo, um, obviously amazing picks. We'll see how Trey Lance affects that, but you know Stephon Diggs is gonna have a huge year. I would love to have him on my team. Um, I'm sure Debo does his thing. Injuries concern me a little bit, which is why I go with Stephon over that. You have Devonte coming in right after that. Honestly, I'd probably go Devonte over Debo. I know they have Malcefeed and. Las Vegas, but dude, that that dude is that dude. You know, you know, Derek Carr is gonna get him the ball. Um, they're set out to prove that. You know, Devontae Adams is set out to prove that. Hey, I'm me. I don't need Aaron Rodgers. I got my guy right here. I'm me. I'm still gonna put up my numbers. So, I love Devontae Adams on the Raiders. I really do. I love that pick. Um, moving down, T. Higgins had him last year. Also a stud. Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, Mike Evans. Those guys kind of rounding out that kind of second tier uh, receiver um, that's the top 11 at least 
Um, AJ Brown scares me a little bit with his health and Jalen Hurts. I don't think he's going to be a 20-point-a-week guy like you really want these top guys to be. So, um, And I think he'll get overdrafted in a lot of leagues, especially my leagues because I play with a lot of Eagles fans. So um, probably a guy I won't have on my team, but definitely a guy I'll be rooting for. Um, Tyreek Hill in Miami, it's anybody's best guess. Um, obviously, if he's in Kansas City, he's one of the top receivers off the board. Could have similar year, could not. It's really dependent on quarterback. So definitely a boomer bust pick. Got to have some werewolves to take that pick. Again, I think he's going to get overdrafted uh, for his value. So don't be bummed out if you don't get a guy like him. Um, Mike Evans is an interesting pick. Honestly, I kind of love the Mike Evans pick. Again, Godwin's going to be out a lot of the year. Um, again, if Mike Evans, he has big health issues. But if he's healthy, I think that's a really good pick uh, for the Bucks and for Mike Evans. So, can't hate him being ranked 8 on this list. And then you kind of get down to these middle-tier guys. And it's really, this is where you kind of make your money in fantasy for your receivers. Is kind of, you know, everybody kind of gets a one-tier receiver like we just listed. And then it's really about plucking the best guys out of the middle. That becomes superstars by the end of the year. So, guys that I think are going to have better years. I think Michael Pittman with the Colts and Matt Ryan is going to have a great year. Definitely worth a flyer there. DJ Moore in Carolina, great receiver. I don't know if he's going to have a quarterback that can get him the ball, but he is a great receiver. Um, Deontay Johnson in Pittsburgh, interesting picks. Sutton in Denver. McLaurin in Washington, Mike Williams. Keenan Allen, uh, you know, DK, Jalen Waddle, all interesting picks. Honestly, of that bunch, you just want to pick a guy at this point that you think is going to get a boom in targets, which I think Pittman, uh, DJ Moore, um, I think, honestly, Jalen Waddle is still a good pick because with so much attention on Tyreek, I think Jalen Waddle is probably the pick of that bunch right there, honestly. So I'd really focus on those guys out of that group. I think in Denver, the problem with Sutton and these guys, I think they're just going to be feeding all of these mouths, all these young guys in Denver. And he will emerge, and they will be better. So is a guy you want on your team, yes, but be careful not overdrafting these guys as well because um, you never really know. So then moving down lower on the list, Cooper in Cleveland now. Who knows with his situation? Obviously, he'll get a ton of targets, but who knows? Um, Allen Robinson on the Rams is going to be kind of a tertiary or secondary option uh, for Matt Stafford, maybe worth a flyer. Brandon Cooks in Houston is interesting. Okay, He's obviously injured a lot, but with David Mills, um, he'll be the number one target. Honestly, I don't think people are going to draft him very high, and he might be worth a late flyer, honestly. Um, I would fade Hollywood and Arizona. I just would. Um, especially if, you know, D-Hop is better. Where did I, did I not do D-Hop? Where's D-Hop? Is he not on this list? Oh, oh, yeah, he is. He's ranked, ranked way down in the 37. I forgot about his suspension, uh, for PEDs. That's why. Okay, I was gonna say. Like, the guy's not washed. <laughs> I mean, I, I know, I doubt the Cardinals as much as the nice guy, but he, he's not washed. Um, okay, so from the suspension, got it. Um, but these other guys are actually interesting. I think uh, Judy, even in Denver, I think would be a solid pick. Gabriel Davis for Buffalo is very, very interesting to me. I think he has a better year as well. Um, Elijah Moore in the Jets, interesting pick. Obviously, Godwin for the Bucks. Um with his injuries and when he'll be back, but obviously he'll be good when he's back. Thielen ranked down way at 31. I would love to have Thielen on my team. I think Thielen is a great pick this year, especially people aren't going to be picking him if he's not ranked high. I think it's a great pick. I also love Juju Smith-Schuster coming in a slot after him in the Chiefs. I don't really love the player, but I love the system, and I love Mahomes. And I think for that reason, you got to take a look into him. But, man, there's just so many receivers, dude, like, like down here that are going to be good. Um, Hunter Renfro is ranked 40th for the Raiders, man. Like, if you can get him on your team in, like, the three slot, the four slot, like, you're chilling. Like, that is a great pick. Um, dude, you even have Robert Woods in Tennessee down there. He's going to be pretty much the guy down there now. And who knows how Traylon Burks, a rookie, is going to do. You got Lazard and Green Bay is going to get a ton of targets. Ayuk and San Fran. Michael Thomas down at 34, dude. For the Saints, like there's so many receivers you can pick. Definitely try to get your hands on one of the top guys that we talked about for sure. But 
you know, really be careful um, filling out because a lot of guys, a lot of people are just going to pick based off the ranking and things like that. Um, that the kind of the computer or the system, whatever you're drafting on gives you, but don't sleep on some of these lower guys, man. Like it's crazy, dude. There's so many people, receivers, like 50 receivers that are just going to be good. So make sure you do your homework. Make sure you get some of the guys that we talked about. Even, uh, St. Brown and the lions, interesting pick. He's going to get a lot of targets. I actually really like that pick. Um, but again, especially if you're in PPR league, get those guys to get a ton of targets, even if they don't get a ton of touchdowns. You know, a guy that's getting nine, ten targets a game, maybe he has seven catches for 70 yards, you know. Still a solid day if you're looking at, like, that last receiver to fill your roster. Um, so, you know, definitely will be interesting seeing which receivers stay healthy this year and which kind of secondary guys burst into the limelight. Uh, some of those guys that I mentioned I think are really going to burst. Like, uh, I think Hunter Renfro still is a good year. Um all the, there's so much talent, man. What about Olave down there in New Orleans with Mike Thomas and London and Atlanta and dude, Iuke and San Fran and Lazar now in Green Bay kind of running the show. St. Brown and Lions, Juju with, with Mahomes, Thielen. Right there. There's just options everywhere. So make sure you get your hands on some of these lower guys that you think have better potential because um, they can really turn around your fantasy season. They really can. So don't sleep. Don't overdraft on all these top guys um, and then kind of sacrifice value at other positions because you overdrafted one position. So just make sure you remember that when you're drafting. Um, try not to overdraft and try to draft for value as much as possible. Uh, pods run a little long here. So we'll, we'll, you know, we'll not do any fan mail today. Sorry, guys. But we'll round out these last two positions a little bit quicker. Um, so running back, I mean, <laughs> there's like a clear cut you know, kind of top couple that'll be probably the tops of each draft. Um, again, really good guys down low. Really good guys. Like, so, I mean, you start with Jonathan Taylor, who I think is the top pick. Um, C-Mac and Derrick Henry are kind of the top three that everybody loves. But again, injury history, all that stuff, I'm leading Jonathan Taylor. He's a tank. Tank. I'm not saying I won't draft C-Mac. The problem is him and Derrick Henry and John, they'll all three be so overdrafted like in your leagues. And and maybe they will be the best player in your league, especially depending how it's set up. But those guys, most likely, if you don't have one of the top picks, will be off the board. So um, obviously if you get any of those guys and they stay healthy, they're going to be a bell cow and lead you to the playoffs for sure. But always a big risk with those guys. Um, but assuming you don't have one of the top picks in your draft, looking down, guys I, I really love – Obviously, the next guy's Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook. I love both those guys. Dalvin Cook with some health issues. Um, I love Austin Eckler, dude. I love that guy. He is so fun to watch. He's such a good fantasy player. I try to draft him every time I can. He's now finally getting some fantasy love these past couple of years, um, bursting onto the scene. In that offense, dude, I love the Eckler pick. I would love to get my hands on him this year. So I think that's a great pick this year, honestly. Uh, Joe Mixon coming in at the sixth spot. Obviously a great pick. He gets the ball a ton. But again, a lot of mouths to feed over there. Um, I don't hate the pick. Uh, again, I just think he might get overdrafted based off the Bengals' recent success. So just be careful there. Um, Nick Chubb, uh, another, obviously he's one of the best actual backs in the league, just not the best from a fantasy perspective. Going to get a ton of touches this year. ton. So obviously a great pick if you can pick him up. Um, a guy that's definitely ranked top 10, but in my opinion should be a little bit higher this year, Najee Harris. Dude's a born leader. Dude is a bell cow. He is going to get a ton of touches this year. I love Najee Harris this year in fantasy. Love, 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 love. Pick him up. Get him on your team. Thank me later. Send me a note. DM me on Instagram. Thank me later. Najee Harris is the pick. Now, I'm not saying, you know, if you have the one pick, pick Najee Harris, but if these top guys are going off the board, especially with receivers going higher, maybe you get Najee beginning a second round. Get this guy on your team. Get him on your team. He is going to produce, especially with a young or a troubling quarterback situation and a good defense. He will produce. Mark my words. Pick that man up. Uh, <laughs> I digress. Uh, moving on to kind of the next tier. 
you got James Conner, Leonard Fournette, Barkley, Javante Williams in Denver, Aaron Jones, Green Bay, DeAndre Swift, all amazing bags. Um, you know, kind of some guys that are slept on. Um, honestly, Javante Williams in Denver is an emerging star. I think he's going to be great in this league. Aaron Jones, just for the sake of his touches, especially with Devontae going, is a great pick. Um, DeAndre Swift, also a solid pick as well. I'd fade James Conner as he's getting older in Arizona. I'd also fade Leonard Fournette. Um, with the Bucks, uh, I just I'm I'm just not feeling it this year. I think he's going to be kind of turned into one of those hey as the season goes on, kind of stay healthy for the playoffs kind of guys. Uh, so from a fantasy perspective, I don't love it. But then you get down to Zeke, Cam Akers, Alvin Kamara, Dave Montgomery. Can we get Alvin Kamara some love? Can we give him some love? Am I missing something here? Fifteen, the fifteen spot on these rankings. Ah, there it is again. This is, I forgot about his suspension. I I thought I read something that he wasn't going to get suspended. I'm going to have to – I'll follow up with that, guys. I'm sorry. I I heard a six-game suspension, and then, honestly, I heard that that might not happen. I'm going to have to check on that. But if um, – even if it's not happening <laughs> – all right, sorry. Even if it does happen, I'm picking that man up. <laughs> like, like, I don't care, dude. The dude scores – if he's out a third of the season, I don't care. I'll, I'll let him ride the bench for six games. The dude is a bell cow. The dude is so good. Dude. He's one of the most elusive backs in the NFL. He scores running. He scores receiving. He scores all the time. So, honestly, I love that pick. Obviously, the suspension is not ideal. He may be overdrafted um, even with the suspension. But if he's still lingering because he's down people's boards later in the draft, get this guy on your team. Get him on your team. Okay. <laughs> just get him on your team. That's all I'll say about that. Zeke with Dallas. You know how I feel about Zeke. He's gotten worse each year. I'm not taking him on my team. Wouldn't be surprised if he has a bounce back year based off Dallas's offensive weapons getting shipped away. But, you know, again, play with Cowboys fans too. They're going to overdraft him, so he's never really even there in my league uh, where I would value him at. But, you know, if he starts slipping in your league, obviously, he's he deserves to be on a roster, obviously. Um so, just keep him in the back of your mind. Cam Akers and Dave Montgomery, both picks I love for their value, honestly. Um, I would honestly throw Elijah Mitchell and Antonio Gibson in this as well. Um, guys, middle of the pack, not the greatest teams other than you know Elijah Mitchell and Akers, but those teams both love to run that Shanahan, run the ball, play action offense. They're going to get touches if healthy. I love both those picks. Uh, Dave Montgomery with a young quarterback, he's going to flourish. Antonio Gibson as well, I think we'll, you know, with Carson Wentz, we'll get some touches as well. And kind of getting lower, um, Damien Harris, Miles Sanders, Rashad Penny in Seattle, Travis Etienne, J.K., Josh Jacobs, Brees Hall, A.J. Dillon, all these guys, solid late-round fantasy pickups. It's just, I love Brees Hall. It's just hard in, with the Jets to, like, pick him over some of these other guys with josh jacobs i love josh jacobs but with all the malice of feeding his injury history i'm not gonna let him fool me this year <laughs> i can't do it again <laughs> but just be careful on guys like that man it's like jk dobbins great back gonna be used a ton in baltimore but injury history travis Etienne, honestly i think is ranked a little low uh, i know that might be crazy but i think with trevor lawrence and him I think they're going to take a step forward, and I think that's a great fantasy pick for a later round, honestly, Travis Etienne. So keep an eye out for him. Um, obviously, Damian Harris, New England, loved to run the football. Can't hate that pick. Uh, Miles Sanders, love the guy. I think he will have a good season, but again, injury histories, target shares for the Eagles. Eagles like to cycle in backs. I just don't see him as a 15, 20-point-a-game guy. Um, maybe if you have a late flyer, um, think about it. Um, you're going down the list, starting to get to backups. Uh, Cordell Patterson, that's an interesting pick. Ranked 37, that's interesting. I keep an eye on him in their situation as well. Um, oh, I forgot. Jacksonville's James Robinson, all that stuff. Oh, man, there's a lot of bags, man. Stevenson for the Patriots. Moment Gordon on the – oh, man, Broncos. There's a lot of stuff going on down here, man. A lot of stuff. Chase Edmonds in Miami, good receiving back. Mostert, tons of speed in Miami. Oh, man. Gainwell for the Eagles, going to get a bigger role. I mean, once you get down here, guys, and like people are just filling out their rosters, just just look at 
who you think a their replace or their their starter, the guy in front of them, could go down or has an injury history. Think about that. Sometimes it's worth if you have a big bell cow to get his backup if you have a later roster spot. Uh, you know, depending how deep your league is, like Tony Pollard, if Zeke goes down, would be a good pick. Um, stuff like that. Daryl Henderson, they share carries with him too. But you know, if if their guy were to go down, I, I would pick Henderson. Uh, Henderson up as well. Um, great back has helped me in the past, but. Um, just stuff to think about. A lot of stuff. That's why I love fantasy football because you can speculate all you want. You can rank. You can pick. You can think you have an amazing draft. The computer can tell you you had the best draft among your friends. And then you could get absolutely freaking screwed <laughs> with injuries or bye weeks even sometimes. Just whatever, you know. So it, it's tough. It's tough, man. But when you hit these lower guys, just think of you know what teams share the ball with two running backs or what teams have a bell cow that has an injury history and just kind of think of that stuff um when you're picking these later guys obviously these top guys that we talked about are going to be the bell cows the no miss picks other than you know devastating injury but uh those guys often get swooped off the board real early so just keep that in mind just look at those guys and look at those things about those teams and make an informed decision don't just pick the next ranked guy on your espn or yahoo or nfl or whatever you use just Think about it, guys. Just think about it. Um, moving to the last category here, quarterback. Um, <laughs> obviously an interesting year for sure. You have the top-ranked guys heading into the season pretty much undeniable. Like the, the top three I have are Allen, Herbert, Mahomes. Like I, <laughs> I can't argue with any of those, man. Like we're not, we're not going to spend a lot of time there. Like who's the best? Who should I get if I'm taking a quarterback? I think I'd probably take Josh Allen because he runs a lot. He gets a lot of rushing touchdowns. They're going to be really, really good this year. But you can't hate if you have Herbert or Mahomes, man. Come on. Uh, the fourth and fifth ranked quarterbacks, Lamar, fourth, Kyler. I love Lamar this year. I do. You guys know that. Um, I think Lamar would be a great pick. Traditionally, the first or second quarterback off the board when healthy in a fantasy league. Um, what he brings to the table, man, the Ravens are just going to be good again, and he's going to be the reason why. So if he's healthy and he's playing, I'm picking Lamar Jackson, dude. Like, the dude just puts up fantasy points. He might not be the best pocket passer, playoff quarterback, any of that. I don't care. He's going to put up numbers. Kyler Murray, you know, you all know how I feel about him. I think the Cardinals take a step back. He's going to be a good fantasy quarterback. He's got a lot to prove. But I'm out on him this year. He's not on my team, but... Uh, if you're if you're gonna pick him up, he's still gonna be a good fantasy quarterback. So um, some other guys kind of in this middle tier are outside the top five: Hertz, Burrow, Brady, Russell, Dak, Matt, Aaron Rodgers. All great fantasy quarterbacks. Um, you know, Hertz I think adds that dual threat element, which makes him scary. I had him last year. Uh, another one of those kind of picks where kind of came out of the weeds a little bit, and I think he might have been the top quarterback. He in points. I mean, he had a ton of points every week. So, I think honestly, not that he's like the best quarterback, obviously, but uh, still has a ton of work to do. But um, I love his commitment to the game. I love the way he plays for a fantasy team. Like he's he's doing both things, dude. Even if he's not having a good passing game, he's gonna put up rushing yards and get rushing touchdowns. They love using him at the goal line. Um, other guys, Burrow, Brady, Russell, obviously going to be great. Just go with your gut there. There's no great answer for those kind of pocket-passing quarterbacks. Um, if you think Denver is going to be amazing this year, go with Russ. If you think Brady's going to use his weapons, go there. If you think Burrow can get to the bowl again, go there. Um, you know, kind of tough to decide on those guys. I put Stafford in there too. Um, I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on him either, um, obviously. Super Bowl-winning quarterback, talented not one of the mobile guys that's going to give you rushing yards every week, which is kind of why he's down lower. Um, still definitely going to be a good fantasy quarterback in this league and will be on rosters. Same with Rodgers. Um, Dak Prescott ranked 10th, dude. I just don't know, man. I, I don't want him on my team. I know they had the best offense last year, and um, you know he at least used to run. Um, but he's going to air it out. And I just I don't feel it this year, man. Like he's just gonna be forced into CD. It's not gonna go well. They're gonna run the ball with Zeke and Pollard to help counteract that and try to play defense. I just I just don't like the fantasy pick. I'm sorry, Dallas fans. I'm sorry. I know that's biased, but I I'm just not feeling it. Um, interesting stuff. Like from 13 down on here, you got like 
Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Tua, like Jameis, Matt Ryan, Tannehill, Zach Wilson, Carson, Mac Jones, Golf. All these guys that round out the list, just these middle guys are tough. If you're going to take a flyer on any of those couple first guys I mentioned in the middle, uh, where everybody kind of has their starting quarterback already with the guys I listed, and you need a flyer, dude, you got to. Derek Carr, dude, Trey Lance. I love both those picks. I love them. Love them. I think they're going to be great in fantasy this year. Trey Lance is dual threat. They're going to use him dual threat. He's young. Got a lot to prove. I love that pick. I am concerned with his mechanics and all that stuff. I'd be concerned from the franchise's perspective. But from a fantasy perspective, I love it. I love it. And he's going to be around there because everyone's going to get their quarterback kind of middle of the road and then or middle of the draft, early middle of the draft, and then he's going to be there. So same thing with Derek Carr. You know, you guys know how I feel about Derek Carr and the Raiders. <laughs> that bold division win pick, which is never going to happen. But I stand by it. I stand by it. You know, we're not here to back out in our opinions. I stand by it. But Derek Carr, I think, is going to have a really good year. Um, consider picking him up as your second QB and kind of keeping him on the roster. Guys like Tua, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, like I kind of put them all in the same boat. It's just like it's just like too early to tell for me. And maybe that's where the boom is in one of these guys. Maybe you think Justin Fields is dual threat or Tua can use his weapons. And I can't fault you for any of that. It's just if other guys like Trey Lance and Derek Carr are on the board still, I'm taking them over those guys. Um, I don't know those guys further down the list. We kind of the jury's kind of out on them. Golf, Wentz, Jones. Uh, or Mack and Daniel, Tannehill, Matt Ryan, Jameis, they're going to be solid. I think Jameis would be the pick out of that bunch. Uh, the Colts are run-centric, and Matt Ryan will elevate them, but um, I'd lean Jameis Winston now that he's all fixed up, Lasix-wise, <laughs> or whatever. I've, I didn't even see the procedure he had, honestly, back then. But, um, you know, vision fixed, health in order, Michael Thomas, Olave. I think Jameis Winston's worth the flyer in that group. Uh, to be your QB2 on your team. The other guys, Baker, Mariota, Trubisky, Garoppolo, Pickett, Drew Locke, just, just stop. Don't put them on it. Just stop. Please stop. Then <laughs> Deshaun Watson's the interesting one. I, I mean, I don't really want to talk about him anymore, but obviously if he's healthy, he might be worth a late pick. and Maybe he has a boom season. Maybe he steps right back in. I think the probability is low, but I can't discount it because I've seen it before. So... Definitely something to consider uh, later rounds if you're kind of trying to fill out the roster, um, giving him a flyer. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Fantasy is really hard, guys. It's really, really hard because you look at it from, you know, if you've been a fan of the league for a long time or you're inside the NFL, it's it's hard to draft from a pure fantasy perspective because there's guys that are very valuable in the NFL for their teams, extremely valuable, and they just aren't you know, the number one position player in fantasy. Like, it it just makes it really, really hard, especially, like, those quarterback, running back, wide receiver rooms. And, and you just never know what injuries are going to hit. But, um, you know, what usually derails a couple of teams is you pick the top running back, you pick the top quarterback, you pick the top receiver, and then they go down. And there's really just nothing you can do about that. And it really plagues your whole year. So best of luck to everybody out there drafting here in the next couple of weeks. Um, feel free to DM me your questions about fantasy or, you know, life or sports or whatever you want to talk about. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll answer them here on the show. But, again, can't go wrong with any of those top guys. You know, let's forget the injuries. But any anything of those top guys is going to be a great pick. But your value, your championships come from those picks. The Cooper Cup pick last year, Jalen Hurts pick last year, T. Higgins last year. Now these guys are on the scene. They're going to be overdrafted. So if you can get them for value, great, but you probably won't be able to. It's time to dig down, get some of those guys we talked about, especially quarterback, running back, receiver, and really try to get the next guy who turns into a fantasy stud. Um, And you get a couple of those guys on your team along with some surefire first, second-round picks, you're in business. You really are. That's how you win fantasy football. And making some strategic moves throughout the year to kind of work around bye weeks, work around defense and kickers and injuries. But love talking fantasy football. Again, shoot me a message on Instagram, whatever. We'll answer it on the show. Love to help you guys out, especially with fantasy. Uh, In the coming weeks, this week, I'm really excited. Um, Obviously back to work, but still going to be working hard on the pod. Going to have a lot of fallout from some of these contracts we've been seeing. Also, 
see if there's any more uh, Kyler and Lamar news. Um, I'd be interested to see how this Deshaun Watson controls the media cycle this week. I'm sure it will be <laughs> a controversial decision that the NFL puts out. Um, but I'm really excited. I'm really, really excited for this week, guys. All this means is we're one Sunday closer to seven hours of commercial-free football. <laughs> I can't freaking wait. I seriously can't wait, guys. Um, thanks for listening today. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Um, hey, share with your enemies. Hey, they got to listen, too. You know? So um, happy to have you all here. Spread the joy. Spread the love. Peace.